0: What's going on guys? You are listening to the Lens Culture Photography Podcast, hosted by myself, Jonathan Pajak. And I just wanna let you guys know, the purpose of this podcast is to help all of you guys, photographers, videographers in this awesome industry, grow your business. That is the main purpose here. If you wanna access anything I reference in this episode, be sure to head down to the show notes of the episode for additional information. Enough talking, let's get right into it. What is going on guys? I'm so, first off, I just want to say I'm so, so sorry I didn't post last week. Um, I had a really weird accident. I was making a shelf in my garage, and a piece of wood shot back into my arm. I had to go to the ER because I thought there was a piece of wood in there. I I still think there is. I'm going to get another x-ray. And it was just kind of a fluke thing on a Sunday, and it just, like, threw my whole week off. And basically, we're getting back to it now. My arm's feeling so much better. For everybody that sent me a DM on Instagram because I posted about it, I appreciate you. Um, Arm's feeling better. Unfortunately, I do feel like there's still something in there, so we're going to get that figured out. Um, But obviously, the ER wasn't really the best place to be right now, unfortunately. So I was a little bit worried about that, but everything seems to be okay. I I feel completely fine, and it's been almost 10 days, so that's great. Um, But I wanted to do today's episode... And I wanted to post it anyways. I've, I, I wrote these notes up for this episode weeks ago. Um, and I felt like, okay, maybe it's not the right time to even talk about this topic. But honestly, I think that if everybody's coping with this coronavirus different, this is a long intro, but I want to just touch on this first. Everybody's cr- coping with this coronavirus different. I keep seeing posts about like, if you come out of this quarantine without a new skill or this or that, like, then you're not you don't have discipline and you're just a you're a procrastinator i kind of feel like that's a very aggressive statement because people cope with things differently um some people they get their best work done and their productivity is high when they can be active. They can go out and go grocery shopping freely without a mask on and, and then go for a run and go work out and then come back. And it's never been about the time per se. It's a bit always been about the efficiency. And honestly, some people who are not like like introverts are obviously thriving right now. And extroverts are kind of like, how am I supposed to function in this? And I've been kind of feeling a little bit of both. You know, For me, I always work from home. My office is in my home. So this is not new to me when it comes to working from home. A lot of people working from home is new for them. Um, but definitely, I think that handling this stuff in your own way. Um, don't feel bad about it. If you're not, you know, sitting here and creating new empires during this lockdown, you're not. You're not an asshole. So just, just know that, guys. Just want to preface this episode with that. With that said, I wanted to push this one out because I think marketing and setting up your marketing tactics right now will be crucial for when everything goes back to normality, or at least the new normal per se. Um, but I wanted to go over some things that basically you can do for $0, guys. $0 it'll take to market and do these steps. So I really have about 10 or 11. A few of them coincide or kind of like go hand in hand um, that I want to talk about and things that I have started doing this year and I'm going to be continuing to do and I've seen actually dividends come from. Like I've seen positive things and leads and bookings come from these things that have costing me Literally zero dollars. So, I hope you guys' quarantine going well. I don't really want to reference or talk about coronavirus at all. I really want to make this episode really focus on like giving you guys like good solid material that you can use during this time to when this is all done. You can obviously be booking weddings and stuff like that and, and creating relationships and whatnot. Um, also, quickly, I have a few awesome guests coming on the podcast over the next few weeks. I've been DMing people trying to do more. More, more co-hosting and stuff like that, so that I can um, have people on and you guys can get other perspectives besides mine, and also just talk about topics that are I'm not the best at, that other people are better at. Um, and there's a lot of that too. You know, I'm not claiming the fame here. Everything on this podcast is always my opinion. All right, enough intro. That was long as hell. That was probably like a minute. So let's hop right into the episode today. So basically today we're talking about how you can market your photo film. And honestly, any sort of wedding type business or business in general, you could probably apply these to a lot of things for literally zero dollars. Um, and the first thing is, the first thing I want to talk about is posting the content you're creating everywhere. This could be your photography, this could be your video, this could be um, music you make, this could be. There's so many things that you could do when it comes to this. But posting your your stuff everywhere. Honestly, I feel like this goes without saying. Like, why are you not posting it everywhere? um each place you post a film or a set of images which is usually free has the opportunity to reach more and more people and even create more social proof if you can link to you know a bigger amount of that on these media platforms you know if i post somewhere I post, you know, something small, like six images, and in the link to that, I can post like, I don't know, like a link to the full gallery, and they can see a full gallery or something like that. Like, that's just going to create more social proof on different platforms. So first off, I want to touch on all the places I'm posting, like film slash, and or photography. Obviously, some of these I can't do, um, either or. But for films, I'm always posting them on YouTube, Facebook, Vimeo, IGTV, linkedin sometimes ig stories and google my business and then obviously your website um once you're doing like a website maintenance if you schedule that type of thing or if you're just doing it consistently with this said i try to customize each posting to the platform that it is on um for example you can put a link in facebook but a link in like the body of a text in instagram will not nearly no one's copy and pasting a link in instagram bios or Instagram, um, uh, captions, but they're clickable links on Facebook. So it makes sense there. So try to customize each posting to that platform. Yes, you can copy and paste like the description. Like if you talked about the couple or about the wedding day, but customize the actual copy of the post to that platform. Um, before IGTV accepted horizontal, I was reformatting my films, for vertical and i would just put like a little bit of black bar on the top and bottom just so i can actually bring some of that footage in obviously on the wedding day we're shooting for horizontal we're not shooting for vertical so you know if you're shooting your whole wedding on tight lenses then it's going to be tough for you to reformat for for vertical posting um you don't have to make like Um, each description different. I I said that before, but honestly, I just want to stress that again because that'll just take a lot, a lot of time um, unless you're seeing a serious high amount of um, bookings and leads coming in from these platforms and maybe don't invest an insane amount of time into it. Um, Just enough to where you can say, You know, I'm tailoring it to the platform and I'm posting content there continuously. Um, Lastly, be sure to try to do this all at the same time or maybe in a um, like a schedule type basis. So for me, the level of importance here is like I'm always after I send the film out to the couple and the couple receives it or after I send the images out to the couple. Um, I have like a, usually like a little schedule going, um, for photography, there's definitely a schedule. Like I like to post a bunch on Facebook and then I'll put a bunch on like, um, I'll do like three or four posts scheduled on Instagram over a span of like a month. And then, like, I'll save a post for, like, their anniversary, like, a year later and, like, five years later something like that. The problem with that is, like, five years later, your style might change a little bit or basically maybe um, you might be, like, trying to market towards a different ideal client. So it's kind of tough with that. You might want to, like, write some notes in there and whatnot. Um, but for me, I always try to post the film stuff everything within a week. So it's on all those platforms within a week. I don't really know if the Google My Business you get any positive increase in your SEO when you post on there, but I like to think you do. I just post around there a lot just because it shows activity and it shows that you know you do this full time and that you're putting your effort and time into it. Um, so definitely posting everywhere within like a week for films and maybe like a schedule for photography is definitely very beneficial. That's what I'm doing right now. So that's the first one, guys. Posting it everywhere. Put your stuff everywhere. You know, the more eyes that see it, the better. Um, and second thing is, so before the wedding, I obviously, I send out a questionnaire and probably a lot of you guys are too, uh, for both photo and video. And I send this to my couples to gather a bunch of information, um, that I can use and will be useful for marketing. So I always obtain all the vendors, their vendors, names and emails. And, you know, sometimes I'll just build the, the links to their websites on a separate document for the, um, for that job, for that client, um, so I can use it later on and I'm also following all of the bridal party that they put in the questionnaire as well. Following them on Instagram, sometimes I'll even friend them on Facebook if I have more time, but my highest priority is following them on Instagram because I wanna create, no one really, ca- I I, don't, I guess for me I think this, but I don't know if this is accurate. I don't think people are are looking as at to how many people like your business page, but I think they are looking as to how many people follow your Instagram. So if you, if I can create more followers on Instagram and more followers that actually care about your content, that's like crucial for me. And a lot of times Bridal Party, they love your content, and especially content that they're in, you know. So if you follow their accounts, then you post like a teaser and a, you know, and the wedding film on your Instagram TV, they're going to interact with that. Minimally like it, a lot of times even comment too. So what this does to help me is when I am when I'm blasting the film everywhere – People that I have been following since the wedding day or people that have been attended um, before the wedding will usually follow me back and they'll comment on this new this new post and what it's doing is it's telling Instagram like wow this is getting a lot of engagement and I'll tag them in this as well I'll go back and when I'm posting the teaser as a post I'll tag them in the post and sometimes I'll even tag them in stories and I'll just drag it really really small that way at least they get the notification and maybe they'll comment into it or even reshare it to like their page if they had like a shot of themselves like in the in the teaser or something Um, and what it does is it just increases the engagement from the rip so more people will see it if they don't follow you, and maybe you'll show up on the um, the uh, the search, the discover page, or something like that, and it just creates a high engagement from the initial post um, from people that were at the day or something like that. So that's definitely the second point here: is um, notify everybody that you posted, um, and you can just get that information beforehand, or even at the wedding day if there's a downtime second, you know, you can walk up to um, you know, Grimson or bridesmaids and be like, "Yo, guys, follow me on Instagram." That way, when I post it, you can see everything. Uh, but moving on here, we are going to talk about basically how I'm hyping this stuff up on platforms. So for me, no matter what, even if the couple doesn't pay for a teaser, now I offer a 60 second teaser. They can get that. Like I think, uh, yeah, I'm doing a week after or even next day. Next day stressful for me because basically I'll come home, back up all the footage. I'll do all the calling that night instead of just calling certain like clips. I want to call it all just because like, why not? and, and. Also, just like when it comes time to edit the film, like it's already cold, which is like like freeing of the mind. Um, But I'll call everything that night and I'll make like a 60 second edit, usually using audio. um, Excuse me, guys, some sort of part from like the vows or letter reading in the teaser to like hype the film up really a lot. Um, And what I do is for me, even if they don't pay for that. I will make a teaser. Now, I'm not doing it that night. I'm not that crazy or dedicated like that, but I will make a teaser no matter what. And the purpose of that is literally just to hype the film up. Um, and sometimes I would say, I don't know, maybe two out of three times, they'll end up actually adding on the teaser you know, after the fact so that they can actually have it and post it on their own stuff because um, they'll just see it on my Instagram and I have to like tag people there. And that's been a benefit for me, whereas if they don't pay for it, And I still post a teaser and I tag them in it. They end up tagging a bunch of their friends in it because they don't have the teaser. And next thing you know, I'm getting more social proof, more following from those people as well. And in that post, I'm usually just hyping up the actual film. So I'll I'll reference like I'm so excited for you guys to see the film. I will take this teaser. I'll post it on Facebook. I'll post it on Instagram. I'll post it on Twitter sometimes. I will post it everywhere that takes short short media content so 60 seconds or less, and just hype up the film. That's the only purpose of this is to hype up the film so when I post a film, it gets a bunch of traction. I'd rather have the film more have more traction than um, the obviously the teaser would be. So just creating that hype guys is a such an easy way to market because what it's doing is yes, you're not gonna make money you know automatically off that teaser that you're making but you're hyping up the wedding film. And if if people go to your YouTube and they see that every single one of your wedding films has 1,000, 2,000 views, that says something. People are going to see that and they're going to be like, wow, every one of this dude's wedding films has 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 views. And obviously, if your subscriber count's going up, more people are probably going to watch your your films to begin with in general. Um, And that just helps, again, the hype helps build for that wedding film, which in turn... Builds the following on it, which in turn, you know, has more people increasing that social proof, therefore free marketing to your new clients. Okay, so I want to circle back and touch on um, hyping it up to the people at the wedding. Like I said above, I always follow all the bridesmaids, parents, vendors, and sometimes I even message them like the next day or Or even that night, and I'll just be like, thank you. Like, if they helped out, thank you so, so much for helping hold the bride's dress during the portrait session, or thank you so much for, um, you know, helping mediate the family portraits. Small things like that are small little social marketing techniques that create a positive relationship with the couple, but also the people that literally were in direct correlation with that client. So, Let's say the maid of honor is 24, 25 years old and in a relationship. Well, you did a kick-ass job at her best friend's wedding, and then the night of, you said thank you. You damned her and said thank you for holding the dress. And literally, like, that small, subtle thing, when she gets engaged and you create a good film— no way she's not reaching out to you. No way she's at least not reaching out to see what your pricing is. Now, your pricing may not align or your personality may not align and stuff like that, but at least you're getting that initial connection that you could possibly, you know, work with her on her wedding. And it's just it's free small social marketing tactics, guys, that don't take a crazy amount of time that can literally just help you so much when it comes to the long-term of your relationship. You know, cuz Let's say she does reach out and books you for her wedding, and then you do a crazy good job for that. Literally, she's going to be like, I've known this videographer for, you know, at this point, maybe two and a half years, almost three years at this time, because it might be a year and a half till her wedding. And, you know, it's three or four months between or two or three months between you delivering the film of the couple that she was at. And next thing you know, you've created this insanely positive relationship with not only one Um, couple but also people that were attending that wedding as well so now she's just going to refer you to everybody that in her mom that knows somebody that's getting married and that's exactly what you want in this situation okay so the next thing is using the film and other content um to create positive relationship with the vendors that were present um in, in the wedding. And I'm I more so focused on the vendors, but again, like above, I'm, I'm focusing on creating positive relationships with people that were in attendance and stuff like that. But the vendors, is, it's so crucial. Um, I go more in depth with vendors. I will always use the film or the photos as a way to create positive working relationship with vendors, especially if they are actually decent human beings. Usually after I post my images or the film everywhere, if I had a great time working with a vendor, I will always review them. On every platform I can find, um, they are. E- and I, at this point, I'm even just copy and pasting the review. And you know, for me, I think that's better than just like you know not reviewing them at all. Because maybe people aren't always going on Facebook, Google, and Wedding Wire to read reviews. Maybe they're just going on one and seeing like a bunch and being like, okay, this this person look. Not only does their work look great, but also they have like kind words about them. And what's what's good about this for me, and how this is a free marketing tactic, is I always do this after I've created the content that I'm that's my deliverable. So if I made a film, I'll always link the film in the review. So and then what what this does for me is it makes something you can click the video, and what this does for me is you can click a video in that review and see my work. So now they're reading reviews about let's say a wedding planner, and I can literally say. Don't believe me, watch this watch this film and look how beautiful this looked on video. And they, they clicked and they watched your video. So not only did they just fall in love with that coordinator, but they've also been like, wow, that's an amazing video. Like, let's reach out to this guy too. And next thing you know, you've just created a zero dollar investment <laughs> marketing strategy that can help you, you know, get more leads in the future. Um, and also what this does too is for that vendor, is you're putting in something visual to your review. So honestly, talk is cheap. You've heard this, talk is cheap, talk is cheap. People say stuff all the time. Who knows if it's, it's, if it's meaningful, who knows if it's, if it's even real. Nowadays, there's so many fake reviews out there. But not only am I leaving a review on that person, I'm also showing you why that review is valid. And this is this is really good for them, and it's also good for you. After I leave all these reviews, I always DM the vendor on like Instagram or maybe I'll shoot them an email if I have their email or even phone number at this point if we've had that sort of relationship. And I'll just tell them like, hey, I really enjoyed working with you. I left your review on pretty much everywhere that I can find a place to leave you you a review on all these platforms. And I don't always ask for them to write me a review back. Um I don't want to force it, um, but if they do that's great. And a lot of times they don't um, because that stuff takes time and I totally get that. I mean, it usually will take me 10, 15 minutes max to, to leave all those reviews and link everything. Um, but what it does is you're creating a positive relationship with that vendor and showing them like you actually cared about them while also being able to market for yourself for no additional cost. And obviously, you know, you're not going to leave a review after every single wedding Um, because I don't even think platforms let you do that, but also it would just get redundant. But, you know, I wonder how many people have vendor reviews as a vendor. You know what I mean? Like it would say something as a photographer if you had, you know, let's say the biggest coordinating company in your area leaving a review on your page saying, this guy is amazing, his work's awesome, and he's so easy to work with. You know, like let's say you had the million-dollar freaking Um, venue company like doing that on your on your page that's huge guys so I'm gonna do anything possible to get reviews from venues and vendors because that just looks so good on you as a vendor when couples are looking at your pages and stuff like that like yes obviously having a, a billion reviews from like obviously past brides is crucial but also having reviews from vendors is really good too because it's a totally different perspective as brides all right guys so this next one I think is like my main like my main like my not my main but it should be your main takeaway from this episode guys if you take one thing from this episode it is the importance of creating additional content using footage from weddings that you already have stop just making a film and that's it i usually will create like five or six additional edits on my own time Not that the couple asked for, and I'm not giving them this. I'm making it for myself. You have all of this footage. I don't know about you guys, but majority of my projects for weddings come between anywhere of 100 gigabytes to sometimes 160 if it's a long ceremony, which I film in 4K. And you have all of this amazing footage that you are just wasting. You're making a film, you're delivering it, and you never touch the footage again. For me, I have a little note that I keep open, whether it's written. But for me, it's all digital now. That I will just swipe over and take notes on certain clips that would look so good and like a a wedding film highlight, um, a full like year of 2019, like my best shots from 2019. I'm just taking notes on shots that will look so good on like film reviews as far as like you know all like a real um I'll write down shots that were like beautiful shots of the bride or beautiful shots of just the groom or like crazy good detail shots so like if I want to do like a separate edit at the end of the year of like my best detail shots from weddings stuff that like you're not getting paid to make but can definitely get traction on social sites and from all these vendors like imagine if you made a video about like your favorite floors to work with and you had all these footage from flowers and you tag all these vendors and then like that also sparks a good relationship with them and they refer you to people. These are free, 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 marketing strategies guys that literally can book you weddings that will cost you nothing but your time. And I know time is money, but if you have free time, you're caught up, let's say right now during quarantine, go back in to find your six, seven, eight best shots from like bride prep, put a bride prep edit together, put it on Instagram, be like, guys, shout out to the ladies, you know what I mean? And show your best bride shots or something like that. And that, that creates good traction. It, it looks cool on your end, creating content that is like, you weren't paid to do. You're just doing it because you enjoy you enjoy it. And you have all this amazing, amazing footage. So what am I creating? So usually after I finish the deliverable, Deliverable. Post it everywhere immediately the next day. I'm doing this all at once, guys. Too. I want to preface that. Let me take a quick second here. I'm doing all of this at once. So, within the week of me posting, let's say I send the film to the couple on a Monday, and then I post it everywhere else by like Thursday. I'm going back in. I'm on like Friday. I'm 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 leaving all these reviews for wenders for wenders for vendors. And I'm doing all this stuff as soon as the film is done because, A, just going to continue to create that traction and that show social proof. How many times have I said that during this episode? Probably a lot. Um, but also, you just don't want to forget about it. And also, you got to move on to the next project a lot of times. So, like, if you don't do it now, you're probably never going to do it. Um, so I'm doing this all at once. I, I write this in in my in my task system, I use Tave by the way guys if you need a task system or a client management system, um, and what I wanna do before I completely close and complete a project. Um, and by no means am I deleting anything, I'm just done with it for, that, for the time being, um, until I need to maybe go back in and maybe do a re-edit or take footage out for like a highlight reel, but I'm doing this all at this time. So after I've done everything above, so posted all the reviews, posted it everywhere, you know, done all that, I'm going back in, and I'm creating like, additional content. Um, and for me, this includes um, a dress edit. So I'll take all the best dress shots and I'll do a dress edit. It takes, I'll take all the groomsmen edit. So just a bunch of B roll of groomsmen prep. And then I'll do all the couple B roll. So all the amazing, beautiful couple shots, which are actually my favorite. And I'll do a couple B roll. I'll do obviously the 60 second teaser. Um, If I have a lot of floral and and the floral was beautiful, I'll create a floral edit. Sometimes I'll just conjoin that in with like details. So like stationary, uh, maybe how the venue is decorated. And then I'll also do a venue edit. Um, And basically I'll take all of these. These are all like 60 to 90 seconds max, guys. Max. I'm using basically four different songs so whatever songs i use in the film which for me is averaging around two to four songs per film i'll just like alternate the songs i won't go download extra songs that will you know sound great because i don't want to just keep using beautiful songs because sometimes good tracks that are licensable are kind of hard to come by so i'll just kind of use the same music from that wedding and just you know cycle that music into these short film these short media content um and i will export these in vertical and horizontal The reason I export them in vertical and horizontal is because I'm not posting all this stuff right away, guys. I'm putting it in a separate folder on my drives that I think I have labeled as like social media content or something like that that I can readily just have available. So it's like I haven't posted in like a few days. Let me find something I can post. Oh, what about this dress edit from like a wedding like four months ago that nobody's seen? You know, I can just pop that on social media and and say something about how, you know, How much pride women put into finding like the perfect dress for their wedding or something like that? What it is is I'm maybe I'm able to have content to post if I need to. You never want to be in a state where you don't have stuff to post. So I'm just basically taking this stuff that I've already filmed, guys putting in 10, 20 minutes max per 60 second edit to create content that I can use in the future that I wasn't paid to do. And again, you're just showing couples that you actually give a shit. You know what I mean? Sorry for my French there, guys, but it's true. You're showing them that you actually care. And sometimes like I'll get couples that DM me and be like, oh my gosh, like I love that little groomsman edit. Can like can you send it over to me? I've already made it, guys. I'm not going to say to be like, yeah, it's 50 bucks. No, I'm going to send that to them, um, obviously, if they want it, um, if I've already made it and used it for myself. And it could be months after the fact that they asked me that, too. It's not even, like, you know, the same day as I send them a highlight film. Um, and what this does is it's just, again, it's future-proofing myself, guys, especially if your style stayed the same. And also, guys, you can literally use this extra content for so many other things besides just, like, posting. I mean, I use it for Facebook ads a lot of the time. A lot of the time I use my couple B-roll because the best part about wedding films, I think the couples is that when they watch them and they think, like, oh, this is a good videographer, is seeing the shot of the literal couple. They envision themselves, like we envision ourselves um, wearing clothes that we see at stores. Um, It's the same thing for couples. So whenever I make these couple B-roll edits for, like, 60 seconds – which is like a perfect length for like an ad. I use those in ads a lot of times. Um, so really stop avoiding or start avoiding just making the film and just being like, okay, I'm done. You know, don't do that stuff, guys. Make that extra content because it's so useful in the future. So this section actually ties in with vendor relationships too because for me, um, I always email the vendors that I like actually liked working with. And I'll be like, hey, send me over a logo. Like send me over a logo. I'd like to, I'd like to have a logo of yours on file. Um, and also, I'll take that film and I'll export it um, with their logo in the bottom right hand corner, as long as my watermark, and send it to them. Be like, hey, um, let's see, maybe I noticed that they didn't have any videos on the Wedding Wire or the Knot. Don't get me wrong, guys, I'm a photographer. I, I think photography is a must, but also, we live in a video world. Look at every social media platform, and it's literally directed towards video now. I mean, you have Facebook that has a literal whole section on videos. Pretty much your feeds flustered with videos, TikToks blowing up, um, Instagram. I would say every one thumb scroll you're seeing videos. You know, obviously Snapchat, YouTube, stuff like that. Um, people, Netflix, everything's video now. People want to watch videos. They want to hear things. They want to see emotion. Um, with photography, it's a still image. Sometimes you don't get to see that as much. Um, so I'll send them over a video and be like, "Hey, I noticed that your are not has has." No video in it. I think that this would really help you guys out in marketing if somebody could see what a literal wedding day was like in a full media fashion. And I'll send them over a video with their not with their logo at the bottom. And they a lot of times they'll either post it on their social media platforms or use it in that in that way um, for marketing. And what that does for me is somebody goes to you know the Venoise. Or, or, or not the Vinoy, um the Don Cesar's, you know, wedding wire page, and they see my video with my little logo on the bottom right, and also the Don's logo, and they're like, wow, this is a beautiful film, like, who made this, you know, and they click my logo, or they search my name, and next thing you know, that took me an additional, I mean, what, two minutes to put their, lo- their logo in the bottom right, and literally, I might get 5, 10, 15, 20 leads in a year, because of that and it literally costed me zero dollars guys like this is small little things you're out here spending a thousand fifteen hundred dollars to be on the knot when you could literally do something as small as put a logo on a video and send it to somebody that can give you just as many leads as that would it's crazy it blows my mind. I didn't start implementing some of this stuff until like literally like late last year like Q3 last year and I was literally looking back at myself in the mirror like, dude, what? Why were you not doing this earlier? But honestly, doing it now will just help you out in the future, obviously, guys. All right, let's take a little quick break here. I'm getting kind of tired hitting all these bullet points. Um, If you guys could do me a quick solid, if you enjoyed any of the content in this episode so far, so so far, and um, have enjoyed any past episodes, head over to whatever platform you're listening on, or even iTunes preferably, and leave me a review. This helps me out so much, guys, because it'll show up in people's recommendeds, if they've watched other photography podcasts or stuff like that, or videography podcasts, and it only takes a few moments. So if you guys could leave me a review, I'd really, really greatly appreciate that. I'm push more reviews so that other people can reach the podcast as well. Alright guys, so this is a long episode today, but I really just kind of put my whole heart and soul into it. So let's move on to the next topic. And the next one is gonna be using non-traditional platforms. So hear me out on this one. I've been posting really hard on TikTok recently. I started posting a lot of vertical stuff on TikToks. TikTok, yes you heard me TikTok. And now I know this app is mainly for dancers, comedy stuff like that, and there are a lot of um, there are a lot of active users every second on TikTok. And before I didn't care much about the the app from a, a business perspective. I've kind of kind of fallen in love with it from a personal perspective, um, mainly because there was no way to add additional revenue for me, but um, and there's no way to like really market to me because it's so it's such a young demographic and it's definitely starting to open up. Um, more and more, since it's gotten a lot of hype from the young demographic side, more older people are, are using TikTok as well. The average age has risen like five or six years from the span of like literally five months or something like that, which is kind of crazy for platforms. If you look at Facebooks, their average age has pretty much stayed consistent within two or three years for like the life of the platform. Um, now... With this said, I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket. Um, before, like I said, I didn't care as much about the app, but now they also let you integrate and link your Instagram and your YouTube account from your pro- profile page. So now there's a little button you can click, and you can access somebody's profile account and their 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 YouTube from their YouTube and LinkedIn or um, and I don't know why I keep saying LinkedIn their YouTube and their Instagram from your profile, and that's huge, guys. And I'm gonna tell you why that is. Now, this makes me care more mainly because, of like I've said a 100 times this episode, and this is 102, um, is because social proofing. When someone goes to your wedding photography Instagram or videography Instagram, and they see you have 600 followers, um, that, that that's cool and all great. And then they go to somebody else's, and they're like, wow, this person's got 60,000 followers. That 60,000 follower person will instantly get more social proof because they have a decent amount of followers as a business, which is kind of hard to do sometimes, Um I basically take advantage um, of, of, all, of all my vertical content as much as I can from each wedding and post it on TikTok. And I found that what it does is I get a, I'll get get a decent amount of views, but also just correlates with me getting more visits to my Instagram and YouTube channel, which in turn gives me a higher opportunity of getting more followers from that platform. So basically, what I'll do is I'll take all those sixty second um, edits, and in the caption, since you don't get a lot of space on TikToks, I'll just reference something to like help build curiosity, like you, you, you guys will want to see the full film here. This couple's story was insane, or guys, you have to watch the full film. This this venue is so beautiful. Definitely look into it if you're living in the X area or something like that. Um, and I'll reference the couple's like story and stuff like that a lot of times in the in the bio, just so that it'll build that curiosity quick little side note. I will say sometimes, I don't know if you guys are mainly like filming on 50 millimeters or 85 millimeters or even like 35 sometimes. um, Try to get some wide shots throughout the day too, just to safeguard yourself for um, that vertical cropping. Um, For TikTok, I never compromise on the vertical. I'm always using the full screen just because I think you want to make it look native. Um, And native just being as like, don't post um, I don't know, like when Instagram TV first came out, I always posted in vertical. I, I hated when I see companies that were like putting graphics like turn your phone sideways, like you're defeating the purpose. They're not gonna turn the phone sideways, they're just gonna keep scrolling unless you have like some mind-boggling content. Um but yeah, anyways, just make sure you take advantage of the verticalness. Um like I said, guys, with the linking, I found that pretty much every time I post something on TikTok and I get more than four hundred views it is in term the following day or maybe two to three days after, I get five to 10 followers per day on Instagram. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot, but for a small business and, a, and somebody that's in their second year and I'm not filming like $10,000 weddings, um, this helps. Like, so every time I'm posting, if I post three times a week, I'm getting 30 more followers per week. You keep that up over the span of a year, we're talking about a thousand or something followers, you know, plus followers, and that's great. Um, are these engaged brides? Probably not, but they are people that are liking the content and on TikTok and taking the time to go to your Instagram or YouTube channel and, and following you there. What this is, is it is followers that are going to engage in what you're posting, and that's crucial. You go to, you go to somebody's Instagram and they have 6,000 followers, but their average likes are like 30 or 50, you're going to assume two things. One, nobody gives a shit about what they're posting, or B they bought those followers or they're fake or stuff like that. So having people that actually engage with you is def... I would rather have an account where I have 5,000 followers and I get 3,000 likes per image than have an account that has 50,000 followers and I get 500 likes per image. Someone's going to be like, yo, like what the frick? Like why is this? There's no correlation here. That's just confusing. Um, But yeah, guys, posting on non-traditional platforms, TikTok, LinkedIn, even like Why are you posting money films on LinkedIn? Stuff like that. It can just help you get seen in front of more eyes, which in turn, law of averages says we'll get more, you know, leads, stuff like that. So definitely consider posting on like TikTok right now. And even like Snapchat, stuff like that, where your, you know, upcoming bride isn't directly on that platform. Okay, the last few are kind of shorter. Kind of shorter. Are a little bit shorter than the um, initial ones. But number eight is. Um, another big free marketing tool is just the power of reviews. Now you may be thinking reviews are not really marketing, but they can be if you make them. Usually I will always push reviews. Um, I'll take a review and make a Photoshop document with like an image of that couple in the background and upload it to like my highlights on my Instagram. Or even like a horizontal um, Photoshop document with like the review over top of it, and put that on on my website or something like that. Or even use that as like a Facebook ad type thing. Um, reviews are crucial in this industry because it's kind of impossible to fake them since we don't sell a mass-produced product. Like um, we don't sell you know cases for iPhones. I can't get ten of my friends to leave me a review on a case that I made. You know, and a lot of companies are doing that. Um, there's multiple companies that you know are you know exposing these fake reviews but anyways we don't sell a product guys so a lot of times your reviews can only come from couples people you've worked with like vendors and that's that's pretty much it you know what i mean so reviews are crucial because they don't come out they don't come often if you're shooting 30 weddings a year guess how many review opportunities you have 30 you know <laughs> and that's not a crazy amount um especially for people that started like the wedding wire and the and like the knot when it first started you know those guys they could be creating inferior content but law of averages says they're going to have a bazillion reviews i think the not. or i think wedding wire was created in 2008 people that made a storefront on there in 2008 i guarantee you have 300 plus reviews and that's gonna they're gonna like people are gonna attract that that storefront more than somebody that has 30 reviews just because of the mass amount of reviews that person has so don't underestimate the power of reviews when it comes to marketing because it is a marketing tactic um But for me, I usually will just be like, after the fact, maybe a week or two weeks after the wedding, I'll hit them up and be like, hey, can you leave me a review on these platforms? For me, I ask on Google, Facebook, and the Nut, And that's that's in order of importance for me. Google is my most important. I truly feel like Google is going to be around forever. So my reviews will never expire from there. The knot may die. We don't know. The knot may die. So therefore, it's my least important place for reviews. Is it important right now? Yeah, brides are going there. Is it important enough for me to want to pay for a storefront? No, I think the, the amount of cost for the marketing there and the amount you're competing for that space is a little bit too high for me. For me, I'd rather just focus on Facebook ads. And obviously, if you have a lot of reviews on your business and they click your business page when they're looking at one of your ads, it's important there for sure. Um, so definitely focus, guys, on the reviews and the importance of it, and when it comes to your marketing. Okay, lastly, I just want to double check and touch and reiterate and keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. Social proof, social proof within itself is marketing. No matter what you want to think, um, hyping up stuff to to your couples to to get more followers. And once your account hits you know 10,000 followers, you can you can do swipe up to videos and swipe up to photography galleries and have X amount of comments and likes per like time every time you post like a photo of a couple, this will in turn market your images and stuff like that and your films basically for you to like potential couples that are lurking on your pages. So just want to touch on that one more time. Uh, Also, recently I have started running ads to people in my Facebook page for my business and basically the reason I'm doing this and I'm only targeting people that have liked my page is because what it does for me is if I can make a post about a film and then spend – I forget who. It's How to Film Weddings podcast. They had Max Satic on who I freaking love. Good marketer, guys. Definitely check out his Facebook page if you're not already in it. He did an episode with How to Film Weddings breaking down how to um, do a targeted ad to people that have liked your your Facebook page um, and basically, they you, they have the highest opportunity to engage with this post since they've already liked your page. They've already know who you are, so they're probably going to at least like the like the post. And you might get a, like a twelve to fifteen percent you know comment rate on that post too. What you can do with that is Facebook allows you to take an already posted stuff that was not an ad and actually use it as an ad. And what this is doing, and the reason I touched on it again beforehand, was you're taking social proof from a post. And you're running it as an ad so people are like subconsciously thinking that other people saw it as 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 an ad and they engaged with it so if you see an ad that has zero comments and zero likes you're going to be like ill this is a gross ass ad but if you see an ad that is very native to facebook or native to instagram and it has 300 likes already and 50 comments, people are gonna be like, wow, people are engaging with this ad. And that's gonna look really good for you. Like, Yes, I'm kind of breaking the topic of this podcast here because you're spending money on that ad, but I guess what I'm trying to say is um, posting your stuff within your group to create the social proof from people that have already given you social proof will help you when you actually wanna invest dollars later down the line. so yeah guys, definitely be doing that. It's a really good top, a really good tip, I think if you're thinking about it. I will leave a link to that episode where Max breaks down that method in the show notes below. All right guys, we're in the last one here and I think this one goes without saying, but it's also understanding that some of this some of the stuff you're doing during all of these free tactics are probably going to change during certain times of the year. Um, You might change your copy of your posting during engagement season. You might change your copy um, during a pandemic. You never really know. So just kind of pay attention to that, guys, and understand that some of this stuff may change. But I think if you're implementing everything I just referenced above – in combination with my past episode where i referenced to things that you could be doing that you're spending money on i promise you you will not have a problem at least getting leads now your close rate might go down because you're getting so many leads that don't really know what your pricing are but law of averages again i keep saying that if you get you know 50 leads you know you may book Let's hope you're closing half, so 25%. So you're getting 25 booked weddings. But if you get 100 leads, up your pricing a little bit and do the same 25%, now you're making a little bit more money um, on that same 25 clients. So definitely a good thought. but. Wow. That was a lot, guys. Um, if you've listened to the whole thing, I I, I love you. I don't really know what else to say. That was a pretty long episode for being just me. Like I said earlier, I have some really cool people coming on the podcast soon. Um, I'm typing up show notes and stuff like that um, throughout the week, sending it out to them to prepare a little bit more. So it's just very, very impactful. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please be sure to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. I answer a lot of questions on there, whether I get DMs or like, um, a lot of times I'll make YouTube videos based on like the topics I talk about in the podcast. So if you want to see more visuals on certain ones, um, definitely head over to my YouTube channel and give me a subscribe over there. Um, but be sure to have a great weekend guys. Um, I know we're stuck inside, not really doing much, but Maybe think of some cool, fun things to do. I'm trying to think what I've been doing. I've been making a lot of stuff for the house, hence the accident having to go to the ER. Um, I've been cleaning a lot. I'm, I'm, I think I'm planning on repainting my house in the next few weeks just because what else are we doing? Might as well get your annoying stuff done now. But have a good weekend, guys, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace.